Hello and welcome. I am Dr. Lara May, a clinical pharmacist specializing in functional medicine, as well as a certified yoga teacher and Reiki master. I run a truly integrative health coaching practice, encompassing functional medicine lab testing, yoga and meditation, and a sprinkling of Reiki energy medicine. Join me here on Light Body Radio to break through your health plateau and come into alignment with your natural vitality. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Light Body Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Lara May, and today I have with me Adora Winquist. She is an author and expert in the fields of plant and vibrational medicine. She is a visionary in the nascent arena of quantum alchemy and evolutionary transformative path for self-mastery, which facilitates healing at the DNA level. She intertwines the divine knowledge and ancient wisdom of esoteric philosophy, psycho-spiritual dynamics, essential oil, and energy medicine through her 20-year-plus as a facilitator, educator, formulator, and entrepreneur. A pioneer in the field of aromatherapy, Adora continues to be sought out for her unique nose and ability to formulate aromatic products for individual and corporate clients through her website, adorawinquist.com. She is the co-author of Detosh, De, sorry, Detox, Nourish, and Activate, Plant and Vibrational Medicine for Energy, Mood, and Love, a revolutionary guide to healing at the DNA level for self-mastery, which is available through the UK-based publisher, Aeon Books. Aeon, how do you say that? Yes, Aeon. Perfect. <laughs> welcome, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much, Dr. Dr. Lara, correct? Yeah. Perfect. Uh, it is such a delight to be here with you this morning. So tell us, let's get started by just telling us about your story and how you came to be the practitioner that you are and practicing in such a unique way. Hmm, thank you. So I would, I always, when I think back to this, I think about um, my early childhood. One, because so much of my work is focusing on the patterns that are imprinted through our early childhood dynamics, especially through our lineage when we talk about DNA level healing. Um, but also because I think that there is this beautiful treasure map from our early childhood. And there are elements that we can see seeded in connection to our life purpose. And so when I was young, I loved to be in nature. I spent more time outdoors alone than anywhere else. And whether it was hunting for worms, I did have a worm collection <laughs> when I was about eight of over 150 worms, a little bit odd, but true. Um, or collecting stones or spending time particularly with the flowers and the trees or in the garden. And for me, it's where I felt the deepest sense of connection and solace. And of course, when you think about that later in, in life, well, my work is focused on co-creatorship with nature, 
right? Working with the plants, specifically essential oils and crystals. And so I think that if we all look back to our early childhood, we can see beautiful little gems, little indicators of our path and purpose later in life. Now, flash forward to when I was uh, an early teenager and it was time to do the dishes after dinner, I would always flag myself as having to use the restroom and I would go in and begin to mix my mother's expensive powders and perfumes until everything was clean. And of course, you know, a little flag to the future because so much of my work and the businesses that I've built over the past 25 years have been uh, product-based, uh, natural products that, you know, I first started creating in my kitchen or living room that then later become formulas that have sold over hundreds and hundreds of thousands of bottles around the world to support individuals in their path of healing and awakening and, and generally feeling good. Um, because I believe that feeling good is such a precursor to uh, um, embodying the best of who we are because this is such a, a feeling, emotion-based, um, relational life, right? Everything in our lives is relational-based. Everything is co-creation. And of course, when we consider uh, co-creation, we realize that everything then comes down to an invitation. So I've always had this beautiful invitation to connect and commune with nature because it is so rich and so supportive and so inspirational and so encouraging in moments when we face life's adversities, because we all do. Yes, and isn't that so poignant and true too, because we are, you know, we're human beings that are of the earth. <laughs> Everything that we're made of comes from the earth and the stars. But if yeah. you look throughout the universe at those elements, those are elements that are in us that make us up, like you said, at the DNA level. And I think there's, it's so easy in this day and age to forget that, uh, to feel yeah. separate, to feel lost. Exactly, exactly. And, and, in some moments, it's very simple to shift and reframe that perspective, because just as you said, we are crafted of the elements. And so to bring, to allow our bodies, our beings to come back into a place of homeostasis, which we are designed to do innately, yes. when we connect with nature, when we allow ourselves to experience some of the, the beauty of the patternation that we can find through sacred geometry of our plants um, and all forms of this natural world and beyond from the cosmic perspective, we can start to see that if there's divine order and perfection all around me, then perhaps it is within me too. And perhaps just the invitation of that idea um, can expand my awareness to see beyond what I'm focused on right here in this moment, especially if that focus isn't bringing me well-being. Mm -hmm. Yes, I also love that you said um, focus on feeling good. And I will say like in my own healing journey, when I decided to focus on feeling good above all else, 
that's really when it became a lot easier for me to make the choices that I knew would help me heal. And so I really, I love sort of, you know, reiterating that and encouraging and empowering people to do the same for themselves. And it sounds like you're on that similar path of, you Mm. know, empowering, bringing, making those connections again with nature, with essential oils, with crystals. And so I want to ask you, I want to take it, I I sort of want to parse your work into individual pieces, although I know it's a beautiful whole, just to dig in a little deeper on some of them. So tell us about the essential oils and how you use that in your practice. And because I'm sure it's deeper than, you know, buying a doTERRA oil or, you know, going out there and finding what you think is, you know, a therapeutic grade oil on Amazon and putting it in your diffuser and, you know, breathing in, like, tell us more. (laughs) Oh, gosh, I love that you asked this question, because there is a remarkable difference between using essential oils in an allopathic manner versus a holistic manner. And even the very essential oils themselves have such a marked um, differential in terms of quality and uh, therefore efficacy. So I'm going to back it up even a little further. And I'm going to start with a story that uh, really deepened my interest and my passion for essential oils. And so when I was um, 19, I moved to Cape Cod, Massachusetts. And um, every year I would get bronchitis brought about from allergies. And I was quite sickly as a child. And much of this time I would be, I would miss weeks of school twice a year because of this. And when I moved to the Cape, I didn't have health insurance and I didn't have a lot of money. Um, I was working as a bank teller. (laughs) Um, And so I got sick and I realized, wow, I don't have the potential to miss weeks of work because then I won't be able to pay my rent and buy groceries. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't afford to go to the doctor. And yet somewhere I'd heard something about herbs. And I went to this little store in Chatham. I think it's still there, in fact this beautiful um, old herb store. I bought five herbs, hyssop, thyme, eucalyptus, licorice root, and fresh ginger, and a book. And I went home and started to study. And I made my first herbal tea and found that my lungs healed far more quickly than any time I had used the conventional medicine, even with the the cough syrup with codeine that I would get a couple of times a year Mm -hmm. because of this, this cough. And so I thought, well, this is incredible. I want to know more. I started making teas. Anyone in my circle of friends that wasn't feeling well and said yes, got some kind of, you know, early potion of mine. Um, But then I found essential oils. And I thought this is something because I'd always been deeply connected to my sense of smell. And yet, you know, I bought these oils from the store that said essential oils. Well, come to find out they were fragrance oils, but I didn't know that at first. So then I was turned on to a company that said, these are excellent, as pure essential oils. So I thought, okay, these say they're pure essential oils. They definitely smell better than the other ones. They smell more natural. But again, after further study and experimentation, I found, wow, these are not the highest quality. 
Um, and this was right around the time this concept of therapeutic grade started coming out. Mm -hmm. And and so now there's many starting to be many more companies in the marketplace saying that they have the purest essential oil. So I went through a number of different companies and um, each one a remarkably different essential oil, different through um, sense of smell and of course using our other organoleptic senses, right? Uh, sight and touch. And so um, I started to see that this is a, a much more vast field um, that requires tremendous study. And, and so it was um, a very long process and, and even, you know, took years to begin to cultivate uh, a deeper sense of what I call my own lexicon of purity. Now, mm -hmm. at this stage in my career, when I smell a synthetic oil, it always hits the same part of, um, say, my olfactory bub bulb mm -hmm. right and and this is really paramount especially today because now the essential oil industry is over you know multi-billions of dollars and especially since the virus essential oil sales and costs have gone up over 20 to 30 percent but let's remember that this is a a product that we are in symbiotic relationship with mother earth mm -hmm. right there is only so much essential oil produced every year and much of that is for the fragrance and flavor industry because essential oils are in everything from um of course our foods our cosmetics right our shampoos mm -hmm. now you can get shampoo and lotion in almost every aroma that you can conceive of uh, that's supposed to be pure and natural um, but we also start to see that concepts like therapeutic grade is not at all a scientific um, measure of quality. It was a marketing term mm -hmm. that was so successfully adopted that people tend to believe that it it is a measurement of quality when it is not. Mm -hmm. And coming back to the idea that there's only so much essential oil produced every year, Imagine if you don't have the relationship at the location where the material is grown and or distilled, think of all of the points that it's going to go to before it becomes a product either on your health food store or at your retailer, your boutique. Um, the truth is that the adulteration of essential oils is in its own regard a multi-multi-million dollar market and business. So there is such tremendous adulteration in this field. And, um, you know, to me, this is such an important part of any conversation on essential oils. And even coming back to the idea of, you know, my journey all of those years ago and what it's taken, right, the years of education and the incredible investment um, to to determine what is quality. And that's one thing if, you know, your listeners um, pull any seed of gem about the essential oils, it's so important to know your supplier um, because that essential oil that is deemed pure and natural, if it is not 100% pure, then you're not going to have the therapeutic benefit and effect that you believe you're going to. 
Um, and because these essential oils are, it's not a just, I'm going to put this in my diffuser, coming back to kind of fully answer your question, we're really looking at the most potent form of plant medicine with an essential oil, right? Imagine we'll take lavender. Lavender is incredibly well known. It takes over 150 pounds of lavender flowers to make one pound of the essential oil. And in that one drop, you know, in a small bottle, every drop has the full gamut of chemical constituents, which can be 100, 200, in the case of rose, 300 chemical components. And so it is biochemically active in a very profound way. And yet it is so much more because it is also the quintessence of the plant right? The spirit, the, the vibrational pattern of the plant, which is why these oils have so much of a, a profound effect that it's not just an allopathic, I'm going to use this in, for topically because my muscles are sore or because I want to have it through my diffuser because orange has um, some antidepressant properties great this time of the year when we're missing the sun or i really want to have the antibacterial um, antimicrobial antifungal properties of cinnamon and clove through my diffuser to support healthy immunity it is that but and so much more because they address our emotionality in such a profound way coming back to that idea of feeling good because we know that when we feel good that elevates our entire reality not just from the biochemical release of those of what's happening in our own physiology but when we feel good we make better decisions right we can connect more deeply with those in our lives we can have more thoughtful meaningful connections and communications we can have a greater vision for what's possible for ourselves and for the evolution of our planet as a whole so it's really so much of a, a truly holistic medicine. And of course, if we trace the history and we, if we start to see um, roots in Egypt and perhaps even earlier times, and then we look into the 40s in France where the essential oils were used very medicinally. Um, but then I love the concept of Marguerite Mori well, I think it was around 1957 or so, um, started to use essential oils for more holistic living and, and really said that for every individual, there's an individual formula. And this to me is where we really start to see the multifaceted potency and potential of using essential oils to address our holistic existence, right? Because we are multifaceted in nature in an incredible way. Yes, absolutely. Wow. I love, I love all of that. Um, such a different perspective of what we normally hear. Normal, like you said, normally we're the very, I like that you bring in that word allopathic because it's, um, I like to call it also band-aid medicine at Western medicine is band-aid medicine. So you have a problem. This is, you know, your band-aid to cover up the symptom. But, you know, I, that whole concept of a formulation specifically for you, 
um, I find really fascinating. And even just the thought of it, like feels nourishing and feels almost like it's like that puzzle piece of, of completion to really, you know, create a whole picture or a, a full puzzle, if you will. <laughs> I love that. That is so true. Yeah. I mean, we are, um, I like the idea of the whole puzzle. It really makes me think of the whole fractal and quantum world and how if we're just looking at an aspect of our symptomology, we're, we're missing so much of who we, so much of our depth. Mm -hmm. right? And I, I feel like the, at this time, this incredible evolutionary juncture of our planet and our humanity that we're really called back in to explore those deeper parts of ourselves that maybe we've pushed away for whatever reason right time schedule family um viewpoint belief system patterning emotional mental and also our lineage level um dna level um imprints that we carry and you know ultimately we are these walking miracles mm -hmm. absolutely so i want to ask you in your bio um there is a reference to nascent arena quantum alchemy yes. what is that i love this question well you know even the idea of if we start to explore things like quantum physics, quantum mechanics, we're really starting to just touch on to some of these um, more expansive esoteric sciences. And, and I really love this term or esoteric or spiritual sciences because what I believe we're starting to see is this match point of convergence between spiritual doctrine and you know you can also say religious doctrine but there's so many trigger points that happen in individuals our collective psyches when we use that word mm -hmm. so spiritual for me spirituality is much easier to to converse about but between spiritual doctrine and quantum mechanics and so when we start to look at some of these nuances and start to see the evolution right from the cartesian models of everything being separate right we realize now not only um are are we looking at things from a more holistic perspective but there are many things that we believe true and finite about our reality and therefore um the nature of who we are that we're now just seeing that, wow, this, this really isn't the, the truth. And so when we start to look at quantum alchemy from one perspective, if we think of alchemy, right? And what, what was the basic teachings of turning lead to gold? But the true meaning, the hidden meaning of alchemy is really the journey of the seeker that what we're here to do is to excavate that golden quintessence within us at the soul level to bring transformation transmutation to those past patterns and energies that do not serve us right that come from a point of limitation to um to ultimately become the embodiment of our soul purpose so in other words if you 
if you perhaps consider that there is a tremendous uh, collective misunderstanding, right? That we are these physical beings and we are deeply and sometimes desperately trying to prove um, a connection to our spirituality or what is beyond our physical reality. What if the truth is we are these incredibly vast spiritual beings that have chosen the limitation of this physical container to come to this physical world and master our experience and perspective of reality, master the connections between our personality, our family lineage, right? Um, our physicality to learn how to live a life beyond limitation. And to me, that is when we come into quantum alchemy that is beyond the limitation of our mindset, um, because I believe that we are far more capable and powerful than we're ever taught or led to believe. So if even if we we start to delve into some of the curiosities of quantum mechanics and we start to think about the observer effect right and 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 kind of how that can relate to our day-to-day -day lives and where we have an experience of reality that when our attention isn't focused on it has many different permutations right if we think very the base form of matter that's either both both or either particle or a wave mm-hmm Right. So so it's not finite. Everything is expansive. And if we're not paying attention to something, it's, you know, all of these possibilities. And yet when we bring our attention there, there is one possibility or potential that makes itself known to us. Right. So what does that say? Well, where our attention goes is where our energy thought and our um, creation of reality goes. And and if we say, okay, well, I can see that from a scientific perspective, what does that mean for my life? Well, perhaps that means I'm not a victim in my life. I'm a co-creator with my reality. And if I can shift my belief system, my vantage point, my thoughts, my patterns, my expectations of what's possible, then perhaps I can create a very different experience from this, this perspective that I have. And if I can learn how to do that consistent, consistently, it becomes a ripple effect to shift the energy of everything around me. And so this is the kind of sweet spot that I work at with either clients or students, right, when I'm teaching, is how can we um, un become, how can we understand how our past has created these patterns of distortion, dysfunction, or limitation? Because we can't transmute them. We can't release them until we understand them and why they're teachers in our lives. And then when we can transmute them, we can create something different because we create the space within ourselves to create a different story of our lives and what is possible for our futures. So to me, this is such a powerful place to be because it says, okay, I'm not limited by my past. We've all experienced adversity, right? It can become a teacher and then I can learn how to create something completely different, more elevated 
more holistic, more honoring, more loving, more compassionate, more abundant, right? All of those intentions that we want to bring into our life, but we don't know how when we're with blinders. And mm -hmm. this is where the alchemies of the essential oils and the crystals and the sacred geometry and other aspects of the vibrational med medicine can be some such potent allies for us <clears throat> in this co-creational process of shifting our awareness, right? Because when we're just focused on the places of dysfunction in our lives, we're completely engaged and co-creating that perpetual experience. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Um, and, you know, for all of you out there that think that spirituality and woo, quote unquote, woo woo things are different or not scientifically valid, let's and review some of the things that that um, Adora just said. And, and maybe she didn't say it in these words, but uh, these are laws of physics. These are things we know to be true. Matter can neither be created nor destroyed, meaning that all matter that exists now existed at the beginning of time. It's just recycling itself. And light uh, exists both as a particle and a wave. And with that, even our thoughts have frequency. So a wave, how... Um, if you look at a waveform, how close those peaks and valleys are together is its frequency. And so everything we say, everything we think, um, if you strike a singing bowl or a tuning fork or play an instrument, all of those are waves. We see in waves, we hear in waves, we feel in waves. So I think that's really powerful. And then also another law in physics is that every action has an equal and opposite reaction. So just like you said, that ripple effect. So everything, again, what we do, what we think, what we say, where we focus, that all has a ripple effect because that's an action that we're doing. Even a thought is an action and it ripples throughout, not just our lives, but all those we come in contact with. So Yes, we are so powerful. And that power starts with us, within us. And I, you know, I'm on a mission of empowerment within my own practice. And I can definitely see that you are too. But, you know, if I think if we all sort of took a step back and thought about that power that we have for ourselves. And then so many of us feeling lost in this world at this time with so much upheaval and chaos happening that I think it would help us realize that we do have power, that we are not lost, that we are not powerless, that our purpose is to show up every day feeling the best that we can. And how do we get to that place? So I think that's the next question for those of us that are sort of not in that space of choosing our thoughts and mm -hmm. and you know having that practice because it is a practice at least you know I know it was for me and it's a practice that I choose to do every day I still choose how I want to feel how I want to think what am I going to think about you know one thing or the next maybe there's a situation in your life that's not going the way you want but just shifting how you think about it can change the entire, you know, relationship, your relationship to it, and thus your actions and reactions. I love that. That's so beautifully put. 
Well, I think that our human nature is incredibly adaptable. And at the same time, if we make things too complicated, right? Like imagine, okay, we're, because we're coming up on New Year and everyone's typically, well, I'm going to start this new uh, exercise regime and this new supplementation and and then I'm going to add another sphere of uh, journaling every morning for gratitude, right? All these things that we know in a balanced way can be very helpful. And yet our human nature is if we overwhelm ourselves with practices and protocols, what do we do? We don't do anything. Right? Yeah, we shut down. We, yes, exactly. So I think it's important, especially as we are beginning this retrainment, right? And and this is so much of what it is. It's reframing and retraining our habit patterns um, of thinking, feeling, believing, right? And then of course, action. So a couple of simple ones that I think are accessible building blocks or, or, or stepping stones is number one, first thing in the morning, talking about waves. Well, our brain waves, right, are as we move through the waking stages of the morning, whatever time that is for you, and we're moving through the um, theta, delta, alpha to the beta, really, you know, um, uh, beta, I'm ready to go and get in the car and drive and start my workday. But those um, earlier states, particularly alpha, are wonderful ways to um, set our energy and framework for the day because we are our mind, including our conscious and subconscious, which is so important, um, is incredibly malleable during these shifts of brainwave state as we're waking up. And um, we are receptive. We are receptive to uh, intention in particular at this point in such a powerful way. Now, coming back to the subconscious mind, um, this is where all of our patterning that especially that was imprinted when we were younger through our environment and experiences is operating at the subconscious level. So those are things that we may not have awareness of, but we go, why does this keep showing up in my life? Why does this dysfunction keep showing up in my relationships or my bank account or my job, right? These are things that are coming through the, the field of our subconscious mind. So if we can get into a daily pattern of as we're waking up, we are inviting in the highest um, intentions for our day, keeping it very broad, right? So my practice is very co-creational right because we know that there are incredible spiritual forces of benevolence but because we have free will we have to become invitational about that and even if we look back to you know for for those um of your listeners that may be more um analytical or business minded many many of the uh, core uh, books in these fields are come from napoleon hill I don't know if you're familiar with his teachings, Think and Grow Rich. It's a mm -hmm. staple in most colleges, business programs, and kind of from an analytical perspective. And I love his work. Um, but if you follow his work, you see that there are, are many spiritual 
practices that are underlying his techniques um, and his recommendations. And, and this is really powerful because we can invite in the benevolent support of these allies in those early waking moments and however we term that, right? It can be different for, for everyone. But to say, okay, I'm open and receptive to, um, to my highest experience and expression of this day. May it be filled with um, healthy, right, life-affirming thoughts and feelings. And may all of my interactions be blessed in this way of um, light and loving fulfillment, right? And it can be, you know, everyone's words are going to be a little bit different, but it's the invitation that invites in a higher perspective in those moments where we can really seed out our intentions, whether we know we've got a day filled with meetings or family obligations, what, what, uh, whatever it may be, we can always align for the most benevolent outcome of the day mm-hmm. in yeah. an invitational way. And then we can envision that in those early waking hours. So that's a very simple, practical way to start the day. Another um, way, of course, working with essential oils, I always say, you know, have a, um, I always carry a bottle with me, a roll-on that's a diluted uh, formula of essential oils, pure essential oils, of course. And in those moments where I start to feel triggered, stressed, overwhelmed, what do we do? We take a deep breath in of the essential oils because the right essential oils and the right formulation can literally shift how we feel in the moment because of the powerful connection between the sense of smell and the brain specifically the amygdala and the limbic center that regulates so much of our physiology but specifically mood memory and emotion and think about it if you have something at your desk or in your pocket or your briefcase or your handbag and you know those moments when you start to feel anxious or sink in a more depressive way or that overwhelm that can um, lead to sometimes complete paralysis, if you can shift your feeling through the interaction with the brain and the nervous system, what a tool of empowerment, right? And how simple is that practice? Because it's something you can do in 30 to 45 seconds. And the more that you do that, the more that you create these healthy habit patterns around using essential oils via inhalation, the more that you create that stepping stone effect of elevating how you feel in the moment, which becomes a bridge to allow the highest expression of who you are to surface, right? That's a complete game changer in our mundane experience of day-to-day life. Yes. Wow. Yes. Thank you, thank you for those tips. Um, we you alluded to a couple times about crystals. How do those weave in to this? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, this is another area where um, I think we have untapped um, ancient healing abilities that are again something that we can have at our desk or in our environment, at our office, that can enhance our well-being in dramatic ways. Now, also, we have a lot of skepticism 
about crystals, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, that's so woo-woo. But for example, the simplicity and beauty of this quartz crystal, um, we forget that there are parts of these types of crystals that are in our watches, mm -hmm. military um, telecommunication equipment, our computers. We don't realize that we're surrounded by these crystals almost everywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and why is that? Because they are potent uh, transmitters and conductors and amplifiers of energy. Now, coming back to that idea that we know from science about matter, matter is neither created nor destroyed, but also all matter is what? Energy mm -hmm. at varying states of vibration. And because of that, and because we know that these are wonderful conduits of energy, well, what does that mean? That means that they can help amplify and accelerate our own intentions, our own energy. So when we incorporate them into meditation, our sacred practices, our day-to-day -day work environment, our healing, of course, as a healer, 25 years I've been using crystals in my healing practice to profound responses um, for individuals with either pain or uh, fatigue or um, um, mental fogginess, right? A lack of clarity, a lack of connection. And so, um, you know, crystals like black tourmaline or shungite, great to have around the computers, right? Mm -hmm. To help um, balance all of those EMFs that can be disruptive to our energy field, our auric field. Now, again, the concept of an energy field, many people say, oh, there's, you know, an energy field around humans, that's hogwash. Well, we know now that there is um, scientific measurement to these fields around us, not only us, but also our plants, right? Mm -hmm. And um, our crystals as well, all of these elements of the natural world. If you've ever stood back and looked at a, a mountain ridge and see how the trees um, share energy with each other, right? It doesn't come from a, um, you give me this and I'll give you that. It's a natural organic flow of energy between living organisms. And we are the same way. And we can choose in what capacity based on our feelings and thoughts, what capacity and quality of energy we share with other individuals as well. That's a powerful concept. Yes. Um, yes. I love that, that thought and that concept and the action of choosing and choice. Uh, especially I think, you know, I think a good example is, you know, when we're in a work environment that's challenging for us, maybe it's um, triggering, maybe it's frustrating, maybe, um, you know, you, you can become angry with your environment or coworkers. But again, it's our choice, how we show up. It's our choice how we react or don't react. Um, and so once we, again, we have to start with those little, little practices that again, will ripple throughout our lives into bigger ones. So like you said, if you start at the beginning of your day, choosing how you will vibrate, choosing those thoughts and how you want to feel later on in the day, if you get triggered, hopefully 
there's some piece of your mind that will be like, wait, wait, you said you wanted to feel this, you wanted to feel abundant, or you wanted to feel in the flow, you know, step back. <laughs> you know, one of those like, yes. <laughs> um, yes. And I love crystals. I'm also a crystal Reiki practitioner and, and master teacher. And um, so I also, you can't see it from where you are now, but I have a crystal bed in my office uh, that I, of course, utilize myself, but I love to invite clients in to utilize it as well. And those crystals are all quartz crystals that are cut at such a precise angle and then color therapy is used with them to align with the chakras of the body and so again so much of what we're talking about on um, I feel like it's very old paradigm now to even still call it woo woo because so much of what we know about the world that we can't tangibly see we know is backed up by science and has been proven and has been studied and um David R. Hawkins, Dr. David R. Hawkins wrote a wonderful book called Why Woo Woo Works. He wrote a lot of wonderful books, but that's <laughs> one of them that I think is is very easy to digest for the layman. For a skeptic, that's not a scientist. How about that? <laughs> I love that. I haven't, I have not come across that book, but I'm going to after we disconnect. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm a big fan of crystals and utilize them in my practice as well. But people, you know, they think, oh, they're pretty and they're nice, but they're also very powerful. And it's not a tool to take away your power. And and I think, again, a lot of old paradigm, uh, woo-woo or spiritual practices that it was, it could have been used that way. Like, oh, like put your, you know, rely on this tool to get you through. Not so much. It's really like you are seeing the sacred geometry, the divine organization in this piece of crystal and its own innate power in and of itself. And you're choosing to align with that or to bring also those elements into your life to amplify those same things in your life. So again, like you said, with the trees, it's cooperative, it's co-creative, it's, it's not a get like you said like give you, you, I, give and take I guess is the best way to say it um yeah. but it's more like sharing yeah. <laughs> yeah I love that I love that idea it's so funny you mentioned that right behind me I have my um healing table set up with a crystal mat too and it is uh, a wonderful resource not only for myself and my clients but my family and even my pets um, oh, yes. To, to yeah. be on that, too. Yeah. My dogs can't get up on it, thank goodness. But my my cat, yeah. <laughs> she loves to just sometimes, especially when I turn it on before I, I, I get in there, she'll like come and like just, you know, squirm her way like right in the middle and be like, what? Here I am. This is my time. <laughs> yeah. So sweet. I love it. So, okay. Let's start to tie it up um, for people. What... Um, I know you have a program called the love frequency. Tell us about that. Yes. Um, this is a, a really beautiful, comprehensive program that teaches through transmission, what it means to, um, live, love, and lead from our hearts. 
where our hearts become our true north because they truly are the source of all creation. And I'll give you a, a little quick story on that. Um, when I was in my first year of Barbara Brennan School about 20 years ago, I was sitting out on the beach after um, a day of pretty intense process, emotional clearing work. And uh, one friend said to me, I really like your nickname, Dora, but it feels like it should be Adora. And I thought, oh, I've never heard that name. Sounds very interesting. Well, later that day, same beach, same conversation, different group of friends. And I thought, well, okay, I'm getting the message. You see, you, my birth name is Dorothy. Hmm. So from that day, I chose the name, I took the name Adora. Now, of course, a couple of decades later, now I see how Adora is really a consciousness, a teacher of healing, a flow state, um, because this came at a very deep time of transformation in my own journey. And if you look at what the name Adora means in Italian or Spanish, it means adoration, it means honoring, it means beloved one. So this love frequency is about coming into our hearts and remembering what it means to honor and adore ourselves as the beloved one, that which we have sought outside of ourselves for millennia. Because it is through this inward journey that we learn to heal, understand the past, release what no longer serves us, and open to this co-creatorship of learning how to embody the zero-point field and create from that limitless dimension. So the program is 11 different modules. A registration is open right now. We just uh, have launched the first segment of um, co-creation. So it includes uh, a lot of um, teachings from um, my own work interweaving esoteric philosophy, psycho-spiritual dynamics, and plant and vibrational medicine, and of course the crystals, and how we can um, come to receive these teachings through then um, attunements, alignments, meditation journeys, visualizations, experientials, self-discovery dives for the students um, to, to take the journey of self-mastery from the perspective of being a seeker to being a sacred leader in your own life. Mm. In whatever capacity, whether you're in leadership in your work or you are craving that sense of sacred leadership in your own life in every capacity, right? Through your relationships, through your abundance, through your health, your well-being. Because sacred leadership is for all of us to all become those sacred leaders, to learn how to become the ripple effect of high vibrational light and love in our own lives, because it is through that that we can um, really recreate and co-create this heaven on earth and create a life beyond limitation for ourselves, for each other, and for the future generations to come. So at the end of the uh, year program, there is a level one modern alchemist certification. So there are many teachings um, within the 11 modules that 
that help to enrich um, and curate your own unique journey of mastery in this life. Because uh, although there is, we've all experienced um, challenge and adversity, um, everyone's um, journey is still unique. And every moment, I believe, has perfectly brought us here and now to distill that quintessence that is held within us at the soul level and unlock our infinite potential. Yes, I think um, that sounds like a beautiful program. And that is at adorawinquist.com. Yes. Yes. And that link will be in the show notes. Uh, So, um, and the show notes are live at drlaramay.com forward slash podcast. And then um, all of them are there. And, you know, you just pick the episode that you're looking for, for the links and the show notes that you're looking for. (laughs) Um, But going back to your program description and what you said, it's, um, wow, so powerful. And again, coming back to that concept of we have a choice. to create heaven on earth and how powerful that is. And, you know, and just to even like sit and contemplate what that might look like for you as, you know, the person listening to this, even if it's something you've never thought about before, what would it look like if you had your heaven on earth, you know, and just allow your mind and your imagination to run wild, Um, you know, step back into that, Uh, daydreaming child aspect and you know allow yourself to get lost in all those wonderful rich warm loving possibilities and now I remember what I wanted to say before is that (laughs) is that self like choosing your health choosing your happiness is the ultimate act of self-love I work, you know, a lot in the functional medicine field as well as the energetic medicine field. And when one of the things that even I say to my, you know, my very, you know, Western minded clients that just want the functional medicine, they don't want any of the woo woo, (laughs) which is fine, is that I just want to remind them that coming to a place of wanting to heal and get better or feel better or create a change is an act of self-love. And in order to really see the change that you want come into physical form to manifest, you I feel like there has to be this recognition and this acceptance of what I'm doing is because I love myself. You know, mm-hmm. I love myself enough to not have a heart attack. I love myself enough to, you know, not develop a cancer or, you know, whatever it is. It's, I love myself enough to make this food choice, which eventually once that becomes rote and, you know, a healthy habit for me, then maybe I have, will have the mental capacity to shift my perspective and start doing the mindset work. You know, like, like you said, keep it simple. It doesn't have to be all at once, but each little step is taking us further and further and closer and closer to that reunification with our soul selves, with that heaven on earth. And I love that your programs seem to be bringing that all together for, for people. Thank you. That was so beautifully said. Okay. So anything else, what else do you want to bring to light, bring to consciousness Um, before we wrap up? 
I would say we have a, a beautiful and rich retreat program for 2023, including the Sacred Relationship Retreat in California. We have a couples retreat at the end of January, and then probably in May, maybe April, we'll have a Sacred Relationship Retreat for individuals, and that's going to be beautiful. I have, um, and that's co-facilitated with my uh, friend and ally and inspirational coach, Sean Christian, and he is a delightful human with so much um, richness to share about personal empowerment and infinite potential. And then we have our yearly, um, I lead a Mary Magdalene Southern France retreat every year in the fall. And so we have that to look forward to. But I do want to say, um, if you check out the quantum community on my webpage, and you'll see that there are many ways to engage through our alchemy library, either through paid um, monthly memberships and also free membership tiers. So we have something for everyone, wherever you are on your path of awakening, of healing, of self-mastery, wherever you are in the world. Um, and wherever you choose to engage, we have something for you. We have our free weekly meditations that I lead in conjunction with the Barbara Brennan School of Healing every Thursday, a free monthly Mary Magdalene healing meditation group. And so I invite you all to join the quantum community, join our Facebook group and um, and you know, it, it, it share in the rich inspiration and empowering information on all things alchemy, whether it's essential oils or crystals or formulas or these tips and tidbits that can elevate your magnetic point of attraction with the universe. Yes, there is a community out there. Um, please reach out, join in. Uh, none of us are alone on this planet, even though this can be a time of feeling extreme isolation. So um, there's lots and lots of resources and you have beautiful teachers like Adora and myself that have really been put here on this planet to help um, and to awaken and to, you know, create these communities and bring like-minded souls together and to uh, create heaven on earth. I mean, what could be better than that? <laughs> so, so thank you. Thank you so much, Adora, for being with us today. This has been a real joy and pleasure. I appreciate your wisdom and your presence and, and the work that you're doing on the planet at this time. Thanks. Likewise, Dr. Lara, thank you. It's been such a delight, true delight and honor to be with you today and have these deep dives of rich information come to the surface and be shared. Yes. And I have to say, because I did not know that you had a Mary Magdalene retreat and I um, am definitely a uh, a seeker and scholar of Mary Magdalene's lineage. So oh, I just got um, <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll have you back so we can talk just about that. <laughs> I would really, love to. That okay. could be <laughs> that, such, um, you know, a deep dive. <laughs> a deep dive. That, and I'll, I'll share some information on that trip because it is one filled with such, so many mystical moments and miraculous experiences that it's, um, it's really a, a life transformative journey. Maybe you'll want to join us. That would be yes, a shared delight. <laughs> okay.
Okay, well, thank you, everyone, and make sure to stay in touch and keep your eyes open and ears peeled for all of our amazing episodes coming up soon. And again, um, adorawinquist.com and then drlaramay.com for the show notes page. And we will catch you on the next episode. Bye.